Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. This episode, we're going to do something new that we've never done before. So you're going to first hear an interview with Andrew Smith. It was his first time running a marathon. So you'll hear all about that. And then in the second part, a running coach is going to react to that story and highlight some of the teachings that you can pull from this story. Now, big announcement. Drum roll, please. The running coach that's going to be reacting is actually me. I went through the courses, I became RRCA running certified. I'm super excited about this. It's something I've wanted to do for a little while now and I finally took the leap. So if you're out there thinking about running your first half marathon or marathon and you want a certified coach to be there behind you, supporting you every step of the way, reach out to me. And um, there's pricing for everyone. I never want price to be something that you know prohibits you from taking on a coach. I have about 10 slots open for the fall training cycle. So if you've got a if you've got a, a fall half marathon or marathon, um, I I'm going to take on probably I think I have time for about ten. And again, different price ranges and, and that kind of um, that just means different levels of involvement. So more of my time and, and I guess more more time means a little bit more costly. But anyways, let's get into the episode. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Andrew Smith. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Andrew. It's great to have you on. Thanks for joining. Hey, I'm such a big fan. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I appreciate that. So tell me, how did you find our podcast? 
I was a beginner marathoner and I searched for marathon podcast and for sure connected with everything you were putting out there immediately. Um, you know, it's a long story, but I'd like to get into it just basically, yeah, your marathon podcast really helped in my beginning stages as I was, all right, I made the goal. And then I, you know, came to the podcast. It wasn't that y'all inspired me, but you definitely helped along the way, you know? Yeah. So if we start there, I guess, uh, in your journey, you decided at some point to run a marathon and, and, uh, how did that come about? Whew. You want to go back to the beginning or you want to like just immediate (laughs) decision? Let's go from the day you were born. Um, no, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess let's start from like the, the, the day, the moment you decided to run a marathon that, that day you made that commitment. How did that come about? Oh. Man, I, I, I had in my mind that day marathon by May. And this was, uh, this was late December, 2022. So I just thought that had a nice ring to it. And from there I started putting things together and you know actually I I remember first coming across your podcast coming home from Christmas so I think this was uh this yeah it was Christmas around Christmas and I just started like putting one and one together and I went back to the beginning of your podcast I didn't start listening from like the latest content I wanted to hear your beginning once I realized what you were doing so it was really helpful to start thinking like a beginner sure well, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's get to know Andrew a little bit more. So um, where do you live? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I now live in Dallas, Texas, originally from Lafayette, Louisiana. And uh, I am 32 years old. My wife and I have been married 10 years this summer. Uh, we have three kids, six, three and a half in nine months. And, uh, I'm in real estate right now. Um, I help people buy houses all over DFW and, uh, yeah, that's uh, some of the basics. Yeah. It's crazy as you're telling me that how similar you and I are, um, for Mm -hmm. starters, I'm also 32. Nice. Uh, I have, well, I have two kids, but one on the way. So almost congrats three. Thank you. My daughter is six. My son is three. So there there's that. And your next one, do you know yet? So we don't know the gender. Um, okay. Mo wants to uh, give you a surprise. Be surprised. So. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> so we're girl, boy, and we have boy. So okay. If you well, want to match me. There, there you go. We'll we'll give you a call or a text when we find out yeah. the baby's born and and That'd see if uh, if it ends up being a boy. I'm secretly yeah. uh, look. I I'm not one who says, oh, I want it to be uh-huh. boy or I want it to be a girl. But I kind of like I could see the benefits of both. Like yeah. Some days I get really excited about being a, it being a boy, and other days yeah. I get really excited about it being a girl. Well, the fact that you have one of each, I think you're just like, yeah, I'm good now, right? Yeah. You, you don't have to have one or the other now. Totally. Uh, but there's definitely pros and cons, no question. Well, I, I have a lot of guy friends who have had all girls, and they keep having kids, right. obviously for their own reasons, but deep down, you know they're wishing for a boy every time. Yes, There's of a little bit of that. I don't want to say disappointment, but everybody wants equality and, you know, a little bit of both. I mean, it's only, there's just two. Yeah. Yeah. People become girl dads and 
boy dad boy moms and all those things they'll people make do with what they what they're given you know oh, for sure and and kids are so, such a blessing i, I can honestly are. i can honestly say best best decision best aspect of my life is, is being a dad so absolutely um so you're in you're in dfw but before that you're in louisiana um that also yeah. caught my you know my ears perked up because i'm actually visiting louisiana in a week from now for the very first okay. time for work part. um going to 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 uh shoot is it is it baton rouge or is it is it uh yeah. baton rouge is the capital yeah it, it, i can't i don't think it's baton rouge. I, actually, there. Yeah, I actually think it's new orleans it, it's new orleans because okay. i'm going for a conference so cool. how long yeah. did you live there for so i was born and raised lafayette louisiana and so that's like south central heart of cajun country happiest town in the u.s best tasting city in the u.s different magazines are given different things over the time over the years yeah but uh it is yeah born and raised 18 years and nice um enjoyed it and all my family's still there so back there several times a year but uh moved to went to baylor for college and then got a job you know my my wife and i first of all we were high school sweethearts so we started dating our senior year of high school and then we dated four years long distance she went to mississippi college outside of jackson mississippi and got married and moved to here moved to dallas cool. i got job offers uh here or memphis we were looking all over but um yeah enterprise rent a car was my first job out of college oh, the infamous leadership training program am i right it's it's an incredible corporate structure it's so good yes it's, i really enjoyed I, it It was <laughs> you know there's multiple movies that have great great scenes about enterprise and they all yeah, yeah, measure yeah. up they're good well so. well so fun fact and i guess we're learning a lot about our personal lives here mo's one of her first jobs out of college was that same program my brother did it as well in fact when i come across people with that on their resume as i'm interviewing mm-hmm. i actually really 100%. want to talk to that person absolutely no it, it doesn't they don't hire just anybody and it takes a certain type of stamina and just mindset because it's full customer service of angriness and it's yeah. full sales and it's full time and a lot of time so Totally. Yeah, it was it was great experience it really was and yes a lot of people are like oh that's valuable i want that kind of work ethic yeah. and stuff so yeah. yeah 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 well it's been good cool so so you're um you're doing real estate now juggling the parenting thing and you just ran your first marathon congrats on that by the way that's that's what brought you here on today's episode thank you yes um, people love listening to first-time marathoners because you know you pointed out you found our podcast you found us in the early stages now people are going to listen to this episode and they're going to hear you and all the things you did the first time around so let's let's jump into that question, which is, you know, when did you start running? Have you been, you know, an athlete your whole life and this was sort of mm-hmm. an easy transition or was this yeah. brand new to you? Yeah, I've always enjoyed running somewhat. I remember running being my default for how I would get around the house, right? Uh, <laughs> the farthest I had run up until high school was like six miles, but oh, that wow. was it. Okay. And so going into college and then adulting the last like 10 years... I kept in shape, except for those two years I was newly married and working at Enterprise Rent a Car, <laughs> um, and I did not run much at all. When I left, I went to work for a company that gave me a ton more flexibility. That's what I was looking for. So it was actually uh-huh. a company that did travel for ministries and churches, 
and I had a lot more flexibility, like I said. So I jumped into CrossFit and I've actually done that for the last seven plus years with a few key breaks. And so when the pandemic happened, travel stopped. You know, I was working in a travel company and the company was faced with incredibly hard decisions and they actually like laid off 24 of the 50 or so of us that were there uh, just within a week, you know, in March, 2020. So, you know, we made budget cuts into yoga and CrossFit were some of our first things to go. And again, we had, we were just incredibly blessed by people around us. The owners of those studios were gracious and allowed us to work out there some and in that, but eventually with group limits to due to social distancing and different things like that, I just decided to start running more. Hmm. So I eventually listened that year to David Goggins can't hurt me. Oh yeah. And that will really get you going, right? You you can really get to thinking that you can run way more than you think you can. Oh yeah. And so eventually I would run a half marathon around my neighborhood that winter. And so I increased one mile per week. That was kind of my own training plan. I didn't have anybody else. It was just me. But after getting to new distances, like eight, nine miles, I found an extreme lower leg pain with every step. And I basically mm-hmm. self-diagnosed myself with the internet that I had a stress fracture. Yeah. And so no jumping, no running. I took like six weeks off until I just decided to just go for it. So forget training. I just ran with Strava open on my phone. And I packed an applesauce, go-go squeeze, like my two-year-old and a half, <laughs> two-and-a-half-year-old didn't like. And so I just ran the – but I did have one plan. I had one guy I knew was from CrossFit really fast. So I ran the first eight miles on my own, and then I had set up to run the last five with him, David Liggett. So David helped me pace to get under goal. I knew I needed – I wanted to hit two hours, and I knew I needed to average a 909 pace per mile. But when I got to him, I was above that, slower than I needed to be. But by the time he ran with me, he got me under goal. So I finished almost a minute under the two hours, just kind of running a half marathon around my nice. neighborhood. So really right then, at, at, after that, I enjoy, I joined an incredible real estate team that helps people buy and sell homes all over DFW. And that income has been a gift again. So I was in the season, I was able to return back to CrossFit. I've done that for most of the last two years. But then why did I really decide to run a marathon? Third kid, dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know that uh, all too well. Uh huh. There were a few negatives in my health that pushed me towards running too. Like I said, on July 4th, this last year, I did my best Joey chestnut in, imitation and I won a hot dog eating competition. <laughs> How many did you at our, at our local community pool? It was, uh, you know, it was a funny little story, but long story short, it ended up being five because <laughs> the other three people. And so literally I watched the Joey Chestnut, you know, he ate whatever, 60, 70 th- that morning. I watched it. I also looked at the rules on ESPN is like, you cannot dip the water, the buns in the water for more than three seconds. So I was like, okay, water's got to be the key. Yeah. So really, I stole everyone's soul when my first move was two water bottles in hand. I didn't have a cup to dump it, duck, dump it in. I poured the water out on top of the five hot dogs, and they were just like, oh, that's disgusting. They like, and then I, I 
went two dogs at a time very quickly. <laughs> and they were like, okay, you, you can have it. Like, <laughs> so I ate those, those five in like three and a half minutes. And uh, yeah, but the, but the thing was, I won free ice cream for a month at my favorite ice cream place called Tongue and Cheek. Okay. It's this incredible local ice cream place. And so I went there every single day for a month. And uh, like I said, we had our third child born July 16th. And two days later, we started that free month. So with meal trains piling up, plus ice cream, yeah. dad bod. Dad bod. So, dad bod. But I so, feel like you already had a pretty good standard of, of health with all the CrossFit yeah. Yeah. and you know, sounds like you went through a little bit of a rough patch and then you got back on track with the marathon training, but this wasn't, if I'm understanding you, wasn't like a five year stint where you were, you know, working a desk job, going home, sitting on the couch, eating Twinkies, right? I would totally work out to justify me eating more. And I still do. Yeah. (laughs) I promise. I've eaten tongue and cheek the last two days in a row. So (laughs) yeah. So um, a little bit of dad bod going on and yeah. that was kind of your, would you yeah. say your primary motivator then to, to kind of get in shape? Of a, yeah. Get in shape's part of it. I was like, you know, I've never seen that number on the scale before. Oh, wow. I've never okay. seen the one nineties. So that for me, that was like, ah, uh, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. so I was like, okay, I know where I could be more, much more healthy. Um, but yeah, the other motivation is like, I love running. And when I run, I feel God's pleasure. I don't know if you've heard that Eric Liddell quote. He's like, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. I'm not fast, (laughs) but I enjoy it. Yeah. And I really enjoy like doing hard things. I want to do hard things and I want fitness to be a priority. Yeah. So whenever uh, CrossFit just wasn't totally doing it for me, I made, I made a goal to start just running in October of this past, of this past year, three day, three times a week for one hour. There was no marathon in mind at that point until December 6th, five days before the Dallas half marathon here, a person I didn't know personally, but I knew a few things about because he's somewhat of a like public figure. He was well known within our church. His name's Rick Smith, no relation. Uh, he posts on Facebook asking, anybody want to run the Dallas half with me this weekend? Hmm. And I say, interesting, I'm, but not sure. I'm down. I'll message you. And so my biggest concern was, can I run that far without getting hurt? <laughs> because yeah. I was still super mental about that stress fracture in my leg and if I'd be able to endure all of that. So I talk with, my, I talk with Becca and my wife about it. And she says, okay, that race entry can be your birthday present. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right, if I can run eight miles that day, I can make it 13. So I run eight miles pain-free on the Thursday before the Sunday race. So basically three days notice, I I tell Rick I'm in. And so it's just a half marathon, right? But I pick up the race packet Saturday in downtown Dallas. I'm carrying all three kids. And one of the things they gave me was a Gatorade protein packet. So Sunday comes and they eat that protein packet. But I also, the day before, we had had a Grand Layers biscuits. And so I take two Grand Layer biscuits in my pocket in case I need them. 
Well, I forgot about the biscuits, and I ran with the biscuits the entire time in my pocket. So you look back at the race photos, and I got this giant bulge in my in my pocket, and it's because I got I ran with the biscuits. So anyway, the the race experience was, I did, I think it's a great picture of how little I didn't know, how little yeah. I I had no idea what I was doing, but um. On the dart train, Rick and I, we get on a dart train. Dart train's the like subway kind of railway way to get to downtown. So Rick and I, uh, this is the first time we ever met. And I get to hear about his testimony, his story, and how a punk kid like him ended up on staff at a church. And then he's been running this nonprofit. And so Mm -hmm. um, Rick and Abby Smith, again, no relation. They have three sons and their first son, Noah, has Down syndrome. And so they realized that there's this huge need for support and education about Down syndrome. So five years ago, he started this nonprofit called Hope Story, and it equips doctors and families who get a diagnosis of Down syndrome so that instead of receiving a sad story when they hear that they have this diagnosis, your child in the womb is, you know, going to have Down syndrome, that it could be a hope story. And Hmm. so it connects them into that community of people that are going through that uh, and helps families choose life and live it to the full. Right. And so despite all the challenges that come with a child with special needs, there's so much joy in it. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Rick went last few years from never running to having run three full marathons last year, five half marathons and several other races. And he does it all raising money for hope story and having others join in. So for instance, last year they got 15 or 16 bibs to run the New York city marathon as an official charity sponsor. So that's all like in the back of my head as I, as a future opportunity one day, as we're just on the train going to run this half marathon. So I'm learning all about that. But like I said, the, the half, half marathon was kind of a mess. I, uh, had been in that in a race since eighth grade and so all the hype and the loud music made it made it super fun and the adrenaline boosted everything and so i i had run that half around my neighborhood so i was like all right i think i could do that again run under two hours right but rick's goal was like five minutes better than mine so Uh we however and he told me and everybody tells me and i hear it all the time now don't start too fast. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what do you think I do? I, I shoot out at just over an eight minute mile for the first four miles. And, uh, Rick keeps looking at his watch. He actually has two watches. He's Garmin and Apple watch on each oh. wrist. And <laughs> he's like, we need to slow down. We're going too fast. He's like, if we keep this up, we're on a pace to finish in less than an hour 40. And I was just feeling good at that point still. So I tried to keep up with him. And, uh, cause he eventually just kept it up. He's like, okay, we can do it. Mile six, he grabs a donut hole from someone who drops it, gives them out. Right. And that was a tough pill to swallow. It was sweet at first, but then I, it was like a glut in my throat. I couldn't get out. Oh yeah. And, and then Rick gives me my first goo ever. I'd never seen one, never heard of them. <laughs> and he's talked about this energy burst that I'm going to get the second wind and, I'm just dying at this point. He asked me wh- how I'm doing. I'm like, I'm, I'm a 90%, right? I'm just full out tired now. But, and so mile seven, he trucks on ahead, leaving me in the dust. And I just start to slow 
slow, slow down. And mile 10, I start to feel real lightheaded and try keeping my arms above my head because it just feels like I could literally pass out at any moment. And so those last three miles felt like an hour until I hear this cowbell behind me. And it's the two-hour pace guy. I was so far ahead, and then I had slowed so much. I knew the two-hour pace guy was the guy that I needed to beat. Mm -hmm. Um, And I almost chunked those two grand biscuits bulging in my pocket. But I made the mental note, you got to risk it for the biscuits. (laughs) And uh, that was – so I didn't chunk them. I ran with them. I even ate them after the race. But I just really tried to hold on. And by God's grace, I didn't pass out. And I made it to the finish like 15 seconds before two hours. That's awesome. And so it was, Rick was there to greet me. He finished 10 minutes ahead of me. It was a PR for him. And uh, about 150 is what he finished in. And I literally held on to him because I was not in a clear mental state. Like I leaned on him and walked through the lines, pick up the tacos and the Gatorade and the bananas and the chicken and the finisher shirts and the medals and all the things that were given out. And I missed the medal. So I turned to go get it. And then Rick points out it was already on my neck. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's proof of like how out of it I was. It was just a big old haze. And so it took me a long time to recoup before I was thinking straight again. Looking back now, I was like, oh, I bonked. I had no idea what I was doing for electrolytes. No idea what I was doing for for anything. Yeah. So. It it sounds like you kind of experienced all of the first time marathon yes. or half marathon or... with no plan no idea what i was doing and then you know took a couple weeks off did no running and i saw the numbers on the scale i'd never seen before in the 190s right and then i decided i think i need to lose some weight and i think i need to do some running and it was abundantly clear to me that it's a good and fine thing to be in half marathon shape all the time but to run a full marathon you cannot just waltz into that on five days notice mm-hmm you've got to train. And so, like I said, around Christmas, committed to the idea of marathon by May, started figuring out the illiterate, you know, putting the alliterative idea into action and figuring out, okay, I got to get some marathon runner podcasts, came across a uh, crummy marathon, marathoners and, um, <laughs> you know, for yeah. beginners by beginners. It was great. So you just hit such an unmet need and niche in the running place. Cause I had also clicked on like, the elite runners podcast with people who run one every day for 70 days. And I'm like, this isn't helpful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, well, uh, what advice would you give to someone that's kind of in the, in your shoes who wants to run their first half or their first marathon? Uh, I I know it's an mm open-ended question, but yeah, it's great. You know what, like what advice would you give? I'd go back to the crummy marathoner podcast episode one and start from there. I would, I mean, cause that's what I did. Like you asked all the same questions I did about fueling, hydration, Garmin watches, pacing, everything. Right. You, you made one that helped me learn about running, uh, this form and shoes and pace, you know, cadence. You made a, you made your own little beat one time. Right. And so, you know, I learned a lot through, getting other people around me that know what they're doing and so the key to success in actually trying to do something that you're not sure you can do is finding a plan a process and a people right so 
that is the thing. You got to find your training plan, be super focused on the goal. And if you are, you'll find the community, you'll involve others, you, you'll gather the gear that you need, and you'll figure out all that it takes to become a marathoner or a half marathoner, right? Yeah. And so my favorite thing that I learned in this whole process is just how true that is in all other areas of life. Mm-hmm. Training and physical things is a shadow of all that you can learn in other areas. And so in work easily you can people make business plans all the time right in my spiritual life but also with my wife my kids even with friends pursuing them like these are not items just to check off but relationships to invest in Mm -hmm. and how well how to do those things really well with incredible results will actually look very similar if you're ambitious about doing them well and so i think seeking out passionate experts and putting in the work to get great results, even in hard circumstances, trusting the plan, good things will come. So there's a community for each of these things. And in this day and age of so much information, it's all accessible and people are there to support and cheer you on. So yeah, well, that's basically how it started. Yeah. It's a a great story. sounds like it was uh, a lot of contributors and um, some kind of botched, half marathon experiences that led you to, to wanting more and and pushing yourself harder. Um, when you decided to do the marathon and you started training, Mm -hmm. um, what was the hardest thing about that process, you know, between those two races? So between that half and between the marathon, what was like the hardest thing during that training process? Yeah, I think just physical stuff, like throughout training, I, I upped the mileage right each week and that was daunting because at the beginning of each long run, I knew each one was going to be a new PR for distance for me, but I knew I could do 10% more than the week before. That's actually what one of my PT friends, Brendan uh, recommended for my stress fracture management as well. And if you increase 10% a week, that's kind of the recommended amount of increase. So you're not over training and building on what you've done before. Mm -hmm. And so I also want to thank my other PT, Holly Robinson. She did like in a week, a weekly analysis of all my aches and pains that inevitably popped up. Uh, there was something in my shoulder. There was something in my knee, my hip, my foot. There's always something. And she had great advice for everything. And so Holly and her husband, Davis, were in our newly married group through our church. Oh, cool. that, And they met at our house every week for a year and a half. And so anyway, one of my biggest breakthroughs mentally when she tested a few things on my leg and actually said my stress fracture, all the thing I was so stressed out about all the time was actually a strained soleus muscle. And so the way that muscle lies next to the bone is sneaky and like deep in your calf and it, but it manifested in the bone somehow. And so after she said it was a muscle thing, my confidence and like self-efficacy surged knowing that, I could manage and run and train without the fear that I was about to break my yeah. leg. And make you know worse. what? I completely relate to that. I think more new runners need to hear that. So say it again for the people in the back, go see yeah. a PT, you know? Yeah. Like, PT is a key thing. And it derails and you said our that training. in your podcast. I was like, I've got that team. That's part of the team and people you got to get around you. So that yeah. was a game changer. It made me believe that I would make it. Yeah. And so, I, I did, uh, I, I found different running clubs as well. You know, I just ran into people literally 
And they were like, oh, we joined this Facebook group. And then they're like, we're running at this track on Tuesday mornings for speed work. And I mean, I'm telling you, these I've ran into some people who <laughs> they're running six minute miles for the for a full marathon. So yeah. shout out Dustin Derrickson. So, uh, you know, but w- someone yesterday uh, or today, they, they ran London. It's like, that's so oh, cool. that's awesome. They're just here in my neighborhood. Right. So cool. Hindu way to go. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's fun to touch base with everybody in my life who has somewhat, uh, you know, a passion for running. My brother-in-law, yeah. Pat actually ran the New York city marathon. And so during training, during the mile 15 run, Rick Smith called me, invited me to run New York city. Oh, wow. And so, uh, that was a, a key, like, okay, this is way more than just this first marathon. Um, and it was exciting. It kind of fueled, okay, this whole year is going to be about a marathon run, you know? Yeah. You committed to New York city before you ran your first marathon or after yeah. you completed it? Yeah. Sometime in February. So the, I, I looked up all marathon by May was the call. Right. But what actually happened was I looked up when marathons are, and just general temperatures yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> realize like hmm, April's a much better idea and time to, to go run a marathon based on the temperatures in Texas. So I, uh, I targeted Irving, the Irving marathon, which is part of DFW. It's uh, right by the airport, April 1st. And so that was the main first one. I was like, okay, maybe I could do the silo district run in Waco if I wanted to, there's the Oklahoma city one uh in april but those are later it's like maybe if i got injured something those would be ones i could fall back on but no i targeted irving april 1st and uh kind of created my own training manual plan and just like checked it off each day yeah and my i did like three days of strength training one day of basketball and three days of running uh and then swap out one of those running days for rest day if i needed which ended up happening every week. But Oh, so you so you trained on two days a week of running? It was two to three, right? Oh, wow. And then plus basketball. Um, but I, I tried to prioritize the strength training yeah. just because hearing from you, kind of, it's like I think I would have done more strength training, right? Yeah. I, and, and you're not the only influence that I listened to, right? So there was uh, my my own CrossFit people. They were like, you need to not stop doing this. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to pay for this because it's expensive. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, the principle is true. I got to, I got to keep up the, the strength. Yeah. There's a lot of, and I, I mean, I certainly felt it uh, along the way on those long runs because your legs are getting exhausted. Right. Yeah. How did you feel you did on, on race day? So race day came and mm-hmm. you ran it. Did you feel strong throughout? Uh, I mean, what was your experience? I'm curious because with the two yeah. or three days of running, you know, a lot of people will say you mm-hmm. need to be running three to five to right. sometimes even six days a week. And, and so it's different right. for everyone, right? In every lifestyle. So yeah. I'm curious how that turned out for you. Yeah. So I think the one thing before getting to that you need to know is that I, I strayed from the plan a little bit. And that looked like, all right, I feel like I'm in better shape now. I want to retest my 5k and my half marathon running the 5k two minutes faster than I had originally, like, uh, December 31st, I ran it in like 24, 44. And then 
a couple weeks before the 11 days before April 1st. So late mid March, I ran it in 2237. Nice. And so I shaved off two minutes from my time, a 717 average pace per mile. That's awesome. And I strained a glute. Oof. So like, don't, don't, that's advice. Don't try and PR on just different things. If you're trying to run this long distance thing. Right. Right. Uh, so that's not part of the training plan. I was just like, I want to see what I can do now. Right. Not a great idea because I hurt myself. So 11 days before the marathon, I was not good. Eight days before I try and run one mile and my left glute is just talking to me every single step. And it wasn't talking, it was screaming at me. (laughs) So I was like, all right, whatever I was planning to do now, I'm just in like recovery mode, try and get back in shape. Can I run at all? And so talk to PTs, <laughs> figured out, all right, isometrics. I was like, all right, I don't know what that is, but now I do. And so I just did that for the next seven, eight days. Uh, but I, I tested the run a little bit five days before, still kind of hurt. Four days before, played basketball, and it was okay. I was like, all right, didn't hurt. Day before, I run two miles, and it was like better, but it was like, hey, remember, I was just injured. Yeah. <laughs> so I was not, ex- I was a little fear and trepidation going into the actual marathon. So anyway, back to your question, how did I actually feel? A lot of nervousness due yeah. to just general anxiety, but uh, that was yeah. the biggest concern. Mm. But praise the Lord, I ran uninjured the whole time and loved it. That's... Except, <laughs> except I started five minutes late. Tell me about that. So... <laughs> how, how did that happen? I had to go potty, so I, uh, w- I just chose the wrong porta potty line. I was filtering into the porta potty line that was going into three porta potties. The one next to me was going into four, and then the other one was on like two times speed, feeding into seven. You know, okay. but I felt like I was pot committed to the one I was in, and felt <laughs> counterintuitive to get it out of line. And so, it was frustrating because I was gonna go run with the the four hour pace guy. That was kind of the hope. But um, then they were five minutes ahead of me. Now, I knew my pace, my my run did not start till I started the, right. you know, went across the across line the, and my, across, my yeah. ship. Yeah, the starting line. But mentally, that threw me off, right? Because I had a plan. And then I was like, okay, now I'm five minutes behind. Do I try and run at a 909 pace right now for 26 miles by myself? Or do I chase down? the four-hour pace guy sure what so what did you do you did? <laughs> i chased down the four-hour pace guy so <laughs> i should have known <laughs> so i was like screw it right just like i did in my first half marathon uh or the, the one i just did let's do it let's run and so i averaged uh, i ran hard first miles eight minutes but then i was like okay i can't do this too much right so i averaged an 830 to 845 for the first 13 miles. And then I caught up with the four hour pace guy at mile 15. And so I was able to stay with him and just stay at the kind of nine Oh nine pace for five miles until mile 21. And then I had my slow death because I had burned all my matches in the Mm -hmm. first part. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so my hips tightened and my upper quads got weaker and I lost power. 
Yep. And so that's a, that's a strength thing, right? But it's also because I just I just started way too hot, yeah. which it was fun. Like I had so much fun. And the marathon predictors based on the new half marathon I had done, so I finished the like 3 weeks before I finished in 153 something. So it's like, okay, I, I know where I am on a half marathon now. Um and I plugged that into a predictor along with my new 5k time. And it said my marathon prediction time was between 4.11 and 4.17. Okay. But I finished in 4.03.25. That's awesome. So I felt awesome about it. Right? Yeah. And so. Well, con- congrats. That's, that yeah. sounds like a successful first yeah. marathon. I mean, you finished, but you also, yeah. I think, you know, hit or approached your, your goal time. Yeah. And- I was super close. Yeah. 917 average mile. I was th- my main goal. I always said it was to finish uninjured. Right. Yeah. But if I really had to beat a goal, it was to beat those robot predictions of 411, you know, so yeah. finished well ahead of those. So that was cool. So I, I, that's amazing. I, I want to go back real quick into these weekly runs. So yeah, f- for like your average, training week if you were let's just say you're running three days a week Mm -hmm. you had your long run let's just say it was a 16 mile long run what did your other two runs look like were they eight mile runs were they six miles five like how did you determine six six or seven yeah i just made it i found a marathonhandbook.com or something like that they have a bunch of free things downloaded excel spreadsheet and kind of morphed it to what i wanted because i got like i got i play basketball every wednesday gotta commit to those guys all right and i love basketball and then I probably want to rest these days. And so it was like a six or seven mile run. And then Tuesdays with that running group, Canyon Creek Running Club was like speed work. So mm-hmm. speed work, slower run, and then long run, which was generally slower, right? Yeah. Um, so that was it. Those were the cool. three runs. Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing differently now leading into New York City uh, in mm-hmm. your training versus training for your first? You know, New York City still feels so far away, right? And we've yeah. got like six months till November 5th. Um, it was, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what I'm doing for New York City. <laughs> but what I will tell you is the uh, Irving Marathon was great because they gave away free professional photos. And hmm. what was cool is in these photos, I realized two things. When you look at all the photos, my tongue is out in every single one of them. So call me MJ. And then (laughs) (laughs) the second thing is I'm just really smiling. And that's because I was running uninjured and happy. I was just really happy to be running uninjured. It felt great. So the pictures look great. Anyway, so Irving Marathon has a photo contest giveaway. And I post the photos to social media and put the hashtags you're supposed to. And and apparently I won. I won the photo contest giveaway. And what what did I win? More running. So... Next next month, May twentieth, uh, we've got the Fiesta de Mayo half marathon. There you and go. <laughs> I got four entries with VIP access, and they're gonna like mail me my bib instead of having to go pick it up somewhere, and a hotel stay included. And uh, so it's the same race, same pa- same place I'll be that I just ran. It's just gonna be half marathon. That's so it's funny. like, all right. Um, I took one week off due to toe injury slash blister slash toenail removal that Oof. that happened. <laughs> and 
I still need some work on that. I need to really get some community around like, okay, how do I not let that toe fall off every time? Because that happened in the Dallas half marathon and it happened worse in this full marathon. Toe injury uh, prevention is something I definitely need to look into. But, um, and then I got sick for a week. So it was two weeks after the marathon until before I started running again. And it was kind of forced. I was like, all right, I didn't have any choice. I couldn't run. I was pretty sick. And that toe was not, not agreeing with me. So I uh, just started getting back to running. I ran six the other day and then eight yesterday. And yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm excited for the other three people that I'm running with that I invited. I got to give three entries to Um, some have run half marathons, but one, one hasn't. And then one guy, he's running in honor of his dad who died running a 10K oh, uh, shoot. 30 years ago. I know. So was, I didn't know him until I knew him. And then, uh, yeah, long story short, he's going to go finish the race that his dad never finished. Oh, that's awesome. I that love that. kind of crazy. That's, that's a crazy. That's a story for another day for sure. Yeah, but, exactly. Well, what I'm learning from this conversation and maybe maybe our uh, our title of the episode joking of course but mm-hmm. is uh that andrew's really really good at contests he wins the hot dog eating contests yes. the picture contests and and uh yeah <laughs> you, you seem to be really good at that that's that's hilarious so you're you're going to be doing new york city and you're doing it under this charity right yes um well yes. Th- that's super exciting i I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're gonna keep going you're gonna make this a lifelong sport hopefully or 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 does it end after new york what are your thoughts on that i don't have any ambitions after new york yet but you know i i I am a enneagram three wing two i'm an achiever and i i like goals a lot of goals and so yeah who knows i'm not gonna not gonna commit to anything yet sure because uh even the summer training alone kind of scares me but Mm -hmm. i know (laughs) i know i'll find a way um and we'll we'll make it we'll make something happen but i think i will always be a fitness enthusiast in one way or another so there's always going to be some goal yeah i'm just not committed yet that it's going to be marathon running you know triathlons right you yeah. talk about those it's like who knows i don't even own a bike right now though yeah so uh yeah who knows what the future holds but i think atomic habits kind of one of the books that I've listened to, it kind of talks about how people's identities, if they get shaken, if you only identify as one thing as a runner and then you can't run anymore, like mm-hmm. your entire uh, identity is shaken. Right. Yeah. And so I think a broader adventure enthusiast is more of what I identify with. Cause that's very broad. I can go run a trail race now and I can go do Spartan race or a different thing. Yeah. And so I'm always achieving and enjoying things like that. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's really yeah. solid advice. I, um, I have struggled with the identity piece and I think a lot of people do as well. Um, because running is such a joyous thing, like you've talked about, but then what about when you can't run if you're injured or mm-hmm. you're sick or, you know, you get busy with life and, and, and you start mm-hmm. to feel less than. And so I, I think, that's such great advice to kind of wrap up things here, Andrew, um, last words, anything, anything you want to leave with listeners as they're, you know, kind of maybe finishing up their long run, listening to this episode, or, you know, uh, they're going to come connect with you on, on Instagram mm-hmm. or, or however you want them to connect with you. What are, what are your last words? 
Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, it's so much fun to run with a team and for something bigger than yourself. And that is like for the official charity sponsor for New York, you have, I have to raise a minimum of $3,000 and I pay my own way. And so it's just not about just running anymore. It's not about, um, just me getting better shape or anything like that. I'm donating, I'm giving and joining with all these people. And I started the, the fundraising for New York before this first marathon. So I had 34 people join my team and it feels like all of them are kind of the great cloud of witnesses, you know, cheering me on. Hmm. And it's just a, a good deal to get people around you run for something bigger than yourself and, and do something bigger than yourself. Right. So hmm. I think marathons are called marathons for a reason that it's just, it's this big adventure that you can join with others to, to run for and you can raise money and do things for, for others sure. where it's not just about yourself. It's not this solo sport. And so I'd say everyone should find something bigger than themselves and jump into that. Yeah. Well, I love that. How, how can people find you uh, and how do you want them to connect with you? Sure. So Instagram is Andrew Moss Smith at Andrew Moss Smith. I mean, that, that would be the most simple way. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. all being documented. I like posting and doing all that. So yeah, that'd be an easy way to do it. Well, and if, if anyone's in the DFW area or moving to the DFW area, or I guess out of it, you could probably help them in, in, uh, with respect to real estate, right? Sure. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time. This has been a ton of fun. I loved hearing your story and I know others will too. Hey, Harrison, it was a pleasure. Thanks for making time and uh, look forward to keep listening. All right. Take care. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andrew. I just thought that there were so many first timer teachings that were that were talked about here, things that I think he kind of innocently found out on his own. And through his own experience, hopefully you find that helpful. So what I want to do is is talk about a few of these points that stuck out to me. The first one being, uh, he talked about David Goggins and the book Can't Hurt Me. I think that David Goggins is an inspiration. Um, but if I were answering the question as a running coach, you know, should I read this book? Should I kind of follow what he talks about? I think my answer would be, you know, it's I, I'm all for motivation. So, so have at it. But Let's do it responsibly. I, you know, one of the things that David Goggins is all about is is pushing yourself to the limit. Don't listen to your body. Um, you know, go go that extra mile when when you feel like you can't. And I and I think that's valuable advice. But when you're training for a marathon, really, there's no rush. I mean, you can you can take your time. You can train. You can be deliberate about it. I know that some people's personality types is just look. If I don't push myself into it and rush into it, I'll never get it done. And so if that's you, you know, we might approach it differently. But if you've never run a race before, instead of going all in for a for a marathon, maybe sign up for a, a 10k or a half marathon, get one of those on your calendar. That way you're committed. And then maybe six months after that, or, or four months after that, you put on a, a marathon on your calendar. So um, I think it's all about timing. I, I would recommend a solid, you know, if you're going from very little running to wanting to run a marathon, 
I would recommend a solid eight to 12 months to do that. And um, again, there's so much there's so much risk for injury when you're going from zero to little running all the way to a marathon. So, so just keep that in mind. Uh, I'm all for it. That's the purpose of this podcast is to help you get there. But uh, again, let's be smart about it. All right. The next thing he, he talked about that stuck out to me was pain and self-diagnosis. And this is something that happens a lot with new runners. I did it myself. You know, I, I talked about this in the very early episodes, but kind of feeling that shin pain, thinking I have a stress fracture, I feel like a lot of runners think that when they're first getting started. I can't stress this enough, and I've talked about it before, but go get a, a physical therapist, one that can not only help you get stronger and avoid injuries and recover from them, but also a, a physical therapist that can give you confidence to know that you can either keep training or you should back off. And just knowing what your diagnosis is will help you tremendously. And this is something Andrew talked about. Uh, I know it's not easy to get a physical therapist, but... Um, you know, even if it's a friend or a family member who is a physical therapist, or or maybe it's someone that you can go see who maybe is less costly than others, or you're not going every week, but maybe you just check in with them once a month or something like that. You know, if you're really committing to the marathon, it would be great to have that person on your team. So he talked a lot about fueling in a few different moments in this episode. He, he at first mentioned an applesauce packet uh, for fuel. Then he talked about trying a goo for the first time on race day. Um, and then he talked about these biscuits and uh, funny enough, I had to kind of Google what is a grand layers biscuit. And when I Googled it, I I saw the image and I'm like, Oh yeah, that that's, that's what it is. I totally know all about that. Um, it's those ones that you put in the, on a, on a, like a cookie sheet and they rise in the oven. Uh, for our friends listening in the UK, I know biscuits are oftentimes referred to as cookies. I think what we call cookies, you call them biscuits anyways. Um, so I thought that was funny, but, but point being is a lot of runners don't want to carry bulky items like these giant biscuits in their pockets, but whatever works for you, I'm all for it. Uh, whether it's biscuits or maybe you've tried PB and J sandwiches, or maybe it's the applesauce, maybe it's goose, but don't try something new on race day. Go ahead and practice well before the race, practice multiple times, try different things, but make sure you're comfortable with it, that your stomach is ready to take on whatever you're taking um, before race day. All right. Another thing he talked about was weight loss, dad bod. You know, we hear that a lot. People start running because they want to lose weight. And I think that it's important to run, to, to get healthy, to build endurance, but to think that you'll lose a ton of weight when marathon training, I think is sometimes a common uh, misconception. I, for one, have never been able to lose weight as a marathon training because I'm eating so much more because I'm always so hungry. And I think that's normal. And I, I, I've also heard from, you know, and I'm not a dietitian, so everything that I say related to food and weight loss and all that is, is certainly not something I'm certified to talk about. But just from my own experience, it's you need food, you need calories to uh, recover. You need quality, nutritious foods to avoid injury. So, so some stuff to consider. If you want to lose weight, what I've done in the past is I will have a, a cut period before I start training for a marathon. So, you know, maybe you're 20 pounds overweight and you would like to lose those 20 pounds before you start training for the marathon. And maybe you have two months to do it. Great. You know, set a goal. You're going to lose a pound a week for eight to 10 weeks uh, and, or, or two pounds a week or whatever is, is recommended. Right. And, and again, not my forte, I, I'd probably maybe take a little longer than two months to, to try to lose like 20 pounds. But, you know, in my case, I wanted to lose 10 pounds before my, my upcoming uh, triathlon cycle. And so, that's what I did. 
and I'm kind of currently in the, the latter stages of that. So uh, again, probably not recommended to be in a calorie deficit to try to lose weight while you're training for a marathon, but if you wanted to do that before you start the cycle, I think that's the best approach. He talked about running for charity, specifically Hope Story, and I just want to say for a second that I admire this. Running for a cause is an awesome way to do good, and I know tons of runners do that, and if you want to get into a marathon like Boston or New York or some of these other world majors, it's a really great way to guarantee a spot. So um, do good and get to run the race of your dreams. It's, it's a win-win for everyone. He talked about not starting too fast and pacing yourself and funny story about catching up with the pacer and, and all of that. And, and this is so important. If you start too fast, you know, faster than what you're trained for, you're going to elevate your heart rate. Your body's going to be working harder than what's, what it's used to. You know, your body is efficient at the rate that you've, you've, at the pace that you've trained for. So it can get kind of complicated and maybe I'll do a whole episode on this alone, you know, pacing and, and why we need to run the, the pace that we've trained for. Um, but, but long story short, you'll burn way too many calories too early on. You'll deplete your glycogen stores and that's ultimately going to lead to a crash and uh, a bonking as he referred to it or hitting the wall. So hitting the wall is, is not fun. And if you go back a little bit, I did an episode on how to avoid hitting the wall. Um, we talked to Kelsey Beckman, who is a nutrition a long time ago, and uh, she had awesome advice about how to avoid that. And, and really what it comes down to primarily is nutrition and hydration. So um, study up on that. And again, we have some episodes specifically on those topics. Training for the 26.2 distance, he's ta- he talked about in the episode, you really have to train. And I couldn't agree more. You know, it's it. a lot of people can get in shape and they can go run a 10K or they can go run a half marathon. But really running that full distance marathon is something that you've got to be deliberate about. You really have to train. And, and so um, I, I just think it's so important to... S- to to put in the time and the effort and give yourself enough time to get there. And that kind of leads to the point he made about uh, how he had a training plan and, and how he just downloaded one from the internet. And that's awesome. That's how I ran my first marathon. If you're the type of person who doesn't need someone to hold you accountable and and you can adjust it on the fly as needed, by all means, go find a, a plan online. The thing that makes it tricky is that some people have type A personalities. I'm one of those people. And you kind of, you got to kind of stick to the plan. And and if the plan says run six miles today, but you're feeling a little injured, you're going to run the six miles because that's what the plan calls for. And so having a coach kind of helps with that. I don't want to put the hard sell on anyone. Look, I, 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 we do this podcast for fun. It fulfills us. And, and, you know, now that I am a certified coach, I can, I can take you on and, and would be happy to do that. But again, um, if, if taking on a coach is not something that, you're into or interested in there's so many ways that you can you can get it done Um, if you do want to do that we're going to have a few different pricing options which i talked about at the beginning and uh, there should be a price for everyone all right he talked about the 10 percent rule don't increase your mileage by more than 10 percent per week this is universal this is widely accepted and pretty straightforward so if you're running you know uh 10 miles a week right now next week we'll probably have you run 11 or 12 right And, and the week after that you'll probably run 12 or 13 and you're just going to incrementally um, bring that up and there's there's a sort of a periodization as we build a training plan that will start you with a, a base period where you're going to build a base you're going to build that fitness then there's a period where you're going to start building strength and then we're going to fine-tune your speed and 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 then we'll get into um, getting you ready for race day 
uh, in, in peak performance before the taper. So it's this, it's this whole cycle. There's a lot of thought and energy that goes into it. Um, but long story short, we don't want to increase that mileage by more than 10%. Uh, he talked about racing a 5k, I think he said 10 or eight days or so before his marathon, huge, uh, no, no there. I would highly recommend if you're going to go run a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon, those are actually great to do, but earlier on in the training cycle, because then you can get a feel for what's your goal pace going to be. If you go run a 5k and you still have 10 weeks left in your training, then your coach could take that 5k uh, or if you guys wanted to go and, and plug it into a calculator online, you could say, all right, what's my race predictor? And that's something that you can can strive uh, t- to hit. Um, you know, going from 5K to a marathon is there's definitely a lot of other factors that happen along the way. So it's not the best predictor. Something like a half marathon will probably be a little bit closer. But um, but still, if you're going to do a race, try to put it earlier in your training cycle. He talked about the bathroom situation, and this is a real thing at marathons. You know, you've got all these porta potties lined up, but then tons of runners trying to use them. In my experience, if you go early and often and just try to avoid the wave right before the race happens, that's your best bet. You don't want to be caught like him, you know, five minutes behind the start time. So super important there. Um, Toenails falling off. I got to be honest, I hear about this happening all the time and it's not something I've ever experienced. The only thing I can think of is a shoe size that's too small. So if you go get fitted, they're usually going to put you in about a half to a full size bigger. So that's the only thing I can think of of why you'd be losing a toenail. Um, If if that's not the reason, if you're already running in a pair of shoes that has a a toe box that's big enough for your feet, then uh, I would go see a podiatrist and just see what's going on. And the last point, you guys, that I want to comment on is community. He talked a lot about community and how you want to build supporters, people who can kind of cheer you on, but also people that you can run with. Maybe they're people who are faster than you that you can run with. Maybe they're people who just make the long runs on Saturdays or Sundays fun. And and I couldn't agree more with this. I've had more fun running with friends than I've ever had doing it on my own. And And it's not feasible for everyone. Not everyone has friends who run. For the first probably year or two of my running experience, I had no one to run with. And sounds kind of sad, but just none of my friends or family were interested in running. So, um, you know, go to a local running store, maybe find some running clubs. But having that community is going to help you in, in the journey. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions, reach out to us again, Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. And until next time, we've got some exciting episodes coming out. We'll talk to you soon. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. B-R-E-K-K.